Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, then you should know that I am all about horror, science fiction, fantasy, exploitation, gems in the rough. And uh, today I'm going to actually be getting into another top ten list. I figure, why not? I have some recently watched, but most of them are going to fit better on Movie Freaks, the other show that I co-host with Eric Marner. So today, uh, without further ado, I'm going to be uh, delving into the top ten satanic-themed movies. Uh, Reason being, I just got done watching the Criterion Collection of Rosemary's Baby, and uh, just it, I'm like, you know what? This seems like a great topic to uh, to delve into on my show, and um, it fits perfectly on there. But what doesn't go better uh, with podcasting than Satan? So anyway, especially horror podcasting. Let's start with uh, first off. I'm going to have uh, honorable mentions, and the honorable mentions are only short films, and there are ones that I left off of this list that. I th- I think are maybe better movies all around, but these encapsulate, uh, I guess, the depiction of Satan or the what I consider to you know uh, to be a satanic type movie. I guess so. The short films that I wanted to talk about, uh, well, not really talk about, just mention. Uh, one is the um, the short film from VHS part two. And I've talked about that movie before on my show. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. Um, you know, which one I'm talking about. If you've seen VHS part two, uh, you know, which uh, it's called safe Haven. You just yeah, watch it. It's insane. And the other one is uh, love for mother only. And this is a Spanish production, I believe. Um, I'm not sure if it was shot in Mexico. I'm not sure where it was shot, but it it, it oozes, oozes evil, and um, there's just a, an oppressive feel of 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 dread and evil in that short film. I watched it numerous times. I think you can find it on YouTube, possibly if not YouTube, Vimeo has it. But uh, check it out and check out the director's other short film called Ninjas, and it's not what you think. It's another one that I've talked about on my show before. But um, they're hardcore, and uh, they fit certainly in the satanic-type realm. Okay, so let's get started. And the first one, actually the first couple, are exactly what I was talking about before with uh, not necessarily being the greatest movies, but uh, there are enough depictions of what I consider to be really evil, whatever, uh, that I thought that they would make the list. And especially number 10, the number 10 is uh, legend. And this is the 1985 movie with Tom Cruise directed by Ridley Scott. Now the movie itself is, is uh, it's not lighthearted fantasy, but it is PG rated fantasy. Um, why this gets on the list is Tim Curry as the Lord of darkness, AKA Satan is Probably, in my my opinion, the the creepiest looking satanic character ever to grace the silver screen. Uh, it's 
timeless how this thing looks. This beast is incredibly realized with gigantic horns. He looks so evil. And it's almost like he's out of place in this movie because the movie is, you know, Tom Cruise running around in a you got to see him to believe it. It's he looks odd and there's unicorns. It's a cool movie. But Tim Curry is like this above and beyond evil demonic force and it works it works so well. It's it's the reason to watch the movie. So, number 10 is Legend do for do mainly because of Tim Curry as the Lord of Darkness. Um and then Tom Tom Cruise's long hair. That's that's also a thing in that movie. Okay, next up is uh, this one here. This one here, uh, of all of the movies on my list, this one here is the most uh, underbelly-ish and uh, an acquired taste. And that is 1981's Evil Speak, directed by Eric Weston. I've watched this movie several times. Clint Howard is in it, and he's a... Uh, He's a young military cadet and at this this military school academy, and uh, he gets picked on. He's uh, – uh, do they call him Cooper shit in this? I believe so, yeah. But he's, con- he's constantly picked on, and he, uh, he finds this computer um, uh, through his – he finds this way to, con- to uh, summon up demons uh, through his computer to get his revenge – and the movie is really slow burn, but the payoff on this movie I think is incredible. And it's the last ten minutes of the movie are so incredibly evil and hardcore, and there's pigs and people's heads split open and levitation and uh, Clint Howard turning into this crazy demon character. It's really cool. The beginning also uh, is very uh, demonic in its like depiction of a cult and what sets up what is to come for the rest of the movie. Uh, so this is an acquired, like I said, this is, I really like this movie, but I, I don't, I don't believe my co-host Derek Marner dug it as much as I did. Uh, but for me, I, I just immediately, I think of evil speak when I think of, uh, satanic horror movies, uh, especially with, they really go all out with the pentagram on the computer and it's, you know, it's old school computer, really old school computer from 1981. So, uh, it's kind of hokey, but at the same time, it it works for me. Okay, um, next up is The Devil Rides Out. I've talked about this movie before on uh, on my show. 1968, this is a Hammer production uh, directed by the great Terrence Fisher, starring the awesome Christopher Lee, of course. Dennis Wheatley, uh, this is based on Dennis Wheatley's novel, and uh, I've seen this movie numerous times. My only complaint about this movie is it's a bit long-winded, uh, but uh, I love, love, love the storyline in this movie and uh, just how there's a there's a big satanic uh, uh, like a coven of witches and warlocks doing this seance, and there's a big goat thing there at one point. Uh, but basically. Um, um, I don't want to give too much away with this, but just needless to say, um, there needs to be 13 people uh, that are astronomy enthusiasts, and um, uh, Christopher Lee actually plays the good guy, but even whenever Christopher Lee plays a good guy, he's still kind of a prick because he's always a bad guy, 
And so he comes across as being a, you know, type A personality, kind of pushy. Um, it's just funny watching him play a good guy. But uh, anyway, he is there to thwart the satanic cult that are trying to r- resurrect the devil. Um, so, and his buddy Simon, he's fallen prey to this darkness. The special effects, while dated, are really, really cool and interesting. There's a gigantic spider in this. Uh, Pentagrams, of course, it works beautifully. I thought it was a great movie, and I can't wait to watch that one again. Whenever I talk about this movie, it makes me immediately want to watch it again. Like, oh, I need to watch, I need to watch that one one again. So, anyway, uh, number eight is Devil Rides Out. Okay, number seven is... um, Oh, boy, what a great movie. Great movie. 1987's John Carpenter directed Prince of Darkness. Uh, And you know a movie is going to be about Satan when the title is Satan himself, Prince of Darkness. A research team finds a mysterious cylinder in a deserted church. If opened, it could mean the end of the world uh, because it unleashes Satan. The end of the movie is so great and Carpenter-esque. It's it's such a perfect ending to in this time frame when John Carpenter was just pumping out quality horror. This this ending had a very similar ending in feel to uh, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Now, granted, he didn't direct Halloween Three, but John Carpenter is all over Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, and this one here has uh, that type of ending. Um, Donald Pleasance is in it. And uh, as a priest, and actually it's one of those movies where you watch and you're like, oh, I know that person and that person and that person and that person. Oh, and Alice Cooper is in this too. Great. And there's lots of bugs, disgusting bugs oozing out and uh, cryptic warnings of things happening in the future because of things that are happening now with this green sludge in the basement and maybe Satan coming back. And there's these crazy flashbacks, flash forwards maybe of this ominous satanic presence coming out of this building, which is so creepy. Every time I watch this movie, uh, whenever they do the, the dream sequence of something in past future, something it's so scary and it helps because there's like a radio voice over top of what you're seeing, trying to explain what's going on. It's, it works. It works so good. Um, this is not the best John Carpenter movie, but this is easily in my top five John Carpenters. Uh, I mean, it's right up there with uh, with the best of what he's done. And I've watched this movie time and time and time again. It's so good and so oppressive and depressing. That's one thing about this movie is it's just – it's depressing constantly the whole way through the movie. It's just like – there's very little humor, and while it is of its time, it's very 80s, it, uh, in a good way, in a very good way. The special effects are great. Check out The Prince of Darkness. Scream Factory actually released it, and it is, uh, it's a great, great remastered job. It looks fantastic, great special features. And I do, I do also want to say Evil Speak has also been released by Scream Factory, uh, and that transfer is uh, really good as well. There's some good special features on that, so... Uh, Actually, every single movie that I'm talking about has a Blu-ray release, and um, I urge you all to pick up all of these movies on Blu-ray. Uh, the Devil Rides Out actually is in on region 
uh, B Blu-ray, and I imported that one in from, I think, Studio Canal, and the transfer is stunning, stunning what they did with that movie, and there is actually a uh, behind-the-scenes the thing on, on how they had to restore that movie and, like, the before and after, and it, I'm um, like, how could people watch this movie before the restoration? It looked so bad, and now it's it's gorgeous. But anyway, um, moving on. Okay, Prince of Darkness was number seven. Number six. Now, this number six, uh, we're getting back into um, movies that have a character that I think is better than the movie itself. And this is a really good movie. It is. But the character is what is what puts this movie not only on the list but this high on the list because it's so over the top and so uh, so perfectly acted. And that is The Devil's Advocate from 1997, uh, directed by Taylor Hackford, starring Keanu Reeves, and Al Pacino as The Devil. Charlize Theron is in this as well. And um, this movie here, uh, it's a long movie, really long, almost two and a half hours. But Al Pacino, uh, this is one of my all-time favorite roles of anything he has ever done because, one, I love horror movies, obviously, and getting one of the greatest actors to play Satan in a movie is, I'm like, genius, and he's awesome. He's awesome in this, and um, and the movie, the replayability in this is not quite like the other movies I've talked about. I, I don't think, personally, probably because it's such a long movie, but it's such a well-made movie, and it holds up even now. I mean, this movie is... Uh, 20 years old, and it's still a really, really good movie. Uh, Charlie's Throne as Keanu Reeves' wife is, uh, I think it, they're, um, yeah, they're married. Uh, her downward spiral in the movie is is so sad, and it works so well. She was so great in this movie. And Keanu Reeves also uh, was, sometimes people think that he gets kind of typecast as, or back in the day especially, as the whoa dude. But he was really, really good in this movie. Everybody uh, brought their A game on this movie. I'll never forget seeing it for the first time in the theater, and I'm like, "Wow, that was awesome!" Uh, especially with towards the end, how uh, how Al Pacino's Satan character is continually corrupting and manipulating Keanu Reeves' lawyer character, um, having him work his way up higher and higher, higher and higher and higher, and just. Uh, this the way good old Scratch plays his tricks to get us innocent folk to fall for his for his uh, demonic shenanigans, and that's this movie, and it's really, really, really good. I can't recommend it enough. Check out The Devil's Advocate. Okay, number five. Um, this one here, I I actually like this movie better than uh, The Devil's Advocate. Obviously, it's number five, not number six. Um, not just because of the main or one of the main stars being Satan, but because uh, I liked the storyline in this a bit better than Devil's Advocate, and that is 1987's Angel Heart, directed by Alan Parker, starring Mickey Rourke, who was, uh, I believe this would have been right at his prime. I think that he's fantastic in it, but uh, he plays along with Lisa Bonet and Robert De Niro. And I'm, you know, spoilers, uh, here, but uh, it should give it away fairly quickly if you uh, have not seen the movie, uh, who Robert De Niro is actually playing in the movie. But uh, uh, Harry Angel is a private investigator who happens to be he's Mickey Rourke, and he's hired uh, 
by a guy to track down a singer called Johnny Favorite. Uh, but the investigation goes really, really wrong. There's voodoo, witchcraft, uh, a really incredibly, incredibly graphic sex scene between Lisa Bonet and Mickey Rourke that involves chicken blood and gyrating, and it's the farthest thing from uh, from titillating. It's disgusting, which I believe got the movie slapped with either an NC-17 rating or at least an unrated uh, stamp at, at the time it was released. But um, it's so good, and uh, Robert De Niro is so good. He's cast perfectly in this, just like Al Pacino was cast perfectly in uh, Devil's Advocate. I think that Pacino was great in Angel Heart. Everybody was great in this movie. And uh, the ending is very, very, very downbeat and depressing. And I loved it. I loved how this movie ended. I'm like, oh, man. Okay, roll credits. That's that's depressing, but in a good way, of course. So anyway, number five is Angel Heart. Number four. Number four is the newest movie uh, on my list to find its way onto this list. Um, talked about this movie numerous times, of course, on this show and on Movie Freaks. Um, and it it rears its fantastically ugly head once again. And that's 2009's The House of the Devil, directed by the great Ty West, starring Tom Noonan, Jocelyn Donahue, and um, uh, A.J. Bowen, uh, Bowen. You'll recognize him. Uh, from various other horror-type movies. He's really, really good. He was in The Sacrament and um, Synchronicity. I didn't much care for Synchronicity. He was in The Guest. Um, There was another one that he was in that I really, really liked. Anyway, oh, You're Next. He was in You're Next. Um, So uh, this one here is Ty West's uh, love letter to early 80s uh, occult satanic movies. And it is... Fantastic. The replayability on this is uh, off the charts. I watch this movie religiously, no pun intended, there once a year. I have to watch House of the Devil, the slow build, the slow burn to the insanely crazy, horrific, satanic ending with Tom Noonan. And again, like like Al Pacino and uh, Robert De Niro, Tom Noonan is so perfectly cast in this. He is no matter what Tom Noonan is in, he just seems like either a sleazeball or uh, a dude with ulterior motives. And watch this movie. You'll see. But um, everything the, – the details in this movie are what make it so good. Uh, it was shot in 60 millimeter and, uh, and it doesn't it's – not, it's not hammy and cheesy uh, like a lot of these newer movies are trying to be an 80s movie. But they feel like a new movie trying to be an 80s movie. This feels literally like it was plucked right out of 1981. Uh, it's hard to tell that this movie was actually made in 2009. And that is such a rare thing because uh, retro movies, they're a dime a dozen. And most of them are garbage. Uh, see Almost Human if you want to know what I'm talking about. It was on Netflix. Garbage. This is the real deal and it works and the last 10 minutes are they ooze dread and evil and um it's so good uh 
So, so good. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. That This one here, every time I watch it, it somehow climbs my list of favorite uh, movies, uh, especially horror movies. And uh, it's one of those ones that while it was made fairly recently, it's one that I think that I'm going to be watching 20 years from now and still loving. So anyway, number four, it was House of the Devil. Now, number three, this one here, I'm going to save talking too much about until uh, the uh, next podcast with Eric Marner on Movie Freaks. But a revisit to Rosemary's Baby was in order. I got the Blu-ray from Criterion for relatively for a relatively good price. And um, wow, what a difference a remastered Blu-ray makes. I have not seen this movie since VHS, where I thought it was good, not great, and didn't like the ending. There you go. Uh, upon rewatching, my goodness, have have I ever changed my tune on that one? 1968, Roman Polanski. Uh, directs, and this is him at his best. And I will say that uh, another one that didn't make the list and maybe should have, but I I chose Rosemary's Baby between this one and his other one. Um, And I've talked about his other other, uh, movie as well. And why is it escaping me right now? I'm uh, I'm completely drawing a blank, and I I shouldn't. It's the... um, Ah, uh, damn it. Um, the one with Johnny Depp and the ninth gate. There it is. The ninth gate. Um, Rosemary's baby upon second viewing. Uh, this is a complete masterpiece. The acting from everybody involved is perfect. Uh, the pacing even at two hours and 17 minutes is perfect. And, uh, the payoff is equally perfect. And this is one where I didn't much care for the payoff, the first time I watched it. And actually, I was actually thinking that it was a different ending than what it was. And I'm like, that just shows how long ago I watched Rosemary's Baby. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this movie on um, on uh, Movie Freaks coming up here probably next um, probably next week, maybe. We'll see. Uh, I'm still getting over a uh, really nasty flu head cold, so bear with me. Uh, okay, so Rosemary's Baby was number three. Number two is The Omen. And uh, this is the original Omen from 1976, directed by Richard Donner, starring Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, and uh, a host of uh, David Warner is in this um, if you listen to this show, you know what The Omen is about. This is about the uh, American ambassador and his wife and them unwittingly raising the uh, the devil's son, the Antichrist. And um, everything about this movie is 70s gold. It's uh, creepy. It has a couple of genuinely great uh, graphic horror scenes. And... Um, a great payoff. Everything about it works, and it is a timeless movie. Even though it feels very 70s, uh, every time I watch it, I am impressed with the pacing on it, the, the score. And I, I, I will say this. I'm going to give credit to the remake from 1996 – or I'm sorry, from 2006. Uh, that one was much maligned. That's, from, that's the John Moore – directed one with Julia Stiles and uh, Liv Schreiber. I actually really liked the uh, remake. I thought that it did quite well. It was uh it wasn't shot for shot remake, but it was it was pretty remake 
like it, it, it followed the uh, storyline of the first one pretty accurately. Uh, but um, the first one is timeless. Uh, the, the the scene with the the nanny uh, saying it's all for you, Damien, and jumping off of the uh, the ledge, hanging yourself is so unnerving, and and it just sets the tone for the rest of the movie. I loved it. So uh, anyway, The Omen, number two. And that cemetery scene, by the way, where they dig up a uh, grave, you have to see it to believe it. It's, it's awesome. So number two is The Omen. And number one, this goes without saying, and I'm, I'm guessing that if you're, if you're a horror fan like I am, then you probably already know what number one is going to be, and that's easy. That's The Exorcist from 1973, William Friedkin's masterpiece, masterpiece of satanic demonic possession uh, based on the book by William Peter Blatty starring Ellen Burstyn, Max von Sydow, and Linda Blair, uh, and Jason Miller, I believe. Yeah, Jason Miller. Um, it, I've said it before with some of the other ones, timeless, timeless, still haunting, still extreme. This is on this list. This is the only movie that is truly unsettling to where when the credits roll, I actually feel creeped out and like that there is an evil presence in the house with me. I've had numerous experiences watching this movie late at night and afterwards I'm like, I don't feel right. Like I feel, I feel something evil. Uh, which is, I don't, I am as jaded as they come with horror movies, but this movie here, woo, the, uh, extremely foul language and the just right amount of special effects coupled with the fantastic storyline and the, uh, hopeful yet downbeat ending. It, uh, it works. Uh, it works so well, almost too well. And that's why this movie is one of the, one of the, Amongst, I think, amongst many critics, horror horror film uh, fanatics and critics alike, this is one of the best movies ever made, and it is. I, uh, it's one of those movies that I, I can't believe I watch as much as I do because it's so hardcore. But I do. I end up watching it again and again, and it still creeps me out. And this is one where the, uh, part two was awful, all, nearly unwatchable. But part three uh, really is a. Uh, a gem in the rough. I highly recommend checking out uh, part three. Scream Factory released part three with the uh, theatrical edition as well as an uh, an assembly cut type thing of the director's cut. But from what I hear, the source material is less than stellar. And um, honestly, there's been a lot of feedback saying that it's actually not as good as the theatrical. So I'm in no hurry to pick up the uh, Scream Factory version. I actually have the box set, the Exorcist box set with uh, all four movies, uh, including uh, Exorcist the Beginning, which I actually quite enjoy, Renny Harlan's version. I thought that was a, uh, while not really an, an Exorcist feeling movie, it's, it's, it's a uh, silly, very gory, very evil, satanic type horror movie, but it's not anything near the level of the first and third Exorcist movies. So uh, check that box set out. It's it's uh, really good if it's still available. If not, uh, you can get Exorcist 3 on Scream Factory, and it's um, it's a great movie. So anyway, number one is The Exorcist. If you haven't watched it, come on, guys. 
girls. Get on with it. Watch The Exorcist. It is fantastic. And um, the the best uh, the best version of what I consider to be uh, a demonic presence in a movie ever. The scene where the uh, priest and uh, is facing off against this gigantic statue in uh, the middle of the Iraqi desert um, with two dogs fighting in the background and the wind swirling and uh, the score escalating is. The stuff of nightmares. Watching that scene at a loud volume, uh, that scene alone just oozes dread and evil. And uh, it's so, so good. So anyway, there you go. There's my top ten satanic movies. Um, there's there's others. I, I've got um, a lot of other movies that didn't make the list that – Maybe should have, but nah, you know, Emily Exorcism of Emily Rose is a really good movie, but that's more of an honorable mention to me. Um, Hellraiser, the first Hellraiser, I contemplated putting on here. I really like that, but that's uh, almost more fantasy. And I know that Legend is a fantasy movie, but the main character, the main villain in Legend is, I consider that to be Satan himself. And in this, uh, the pinhead character in Hellraiser is more of a not quite Satan, I guess. So it's uh, – yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's just me, whatever. But Hellraiser definitely falls into more occult-type uh, horror. So something about occult-type horror really freaks me out if done right like uh, so many of these do. It's uh, – you know, I do believe that there is an afterlife and I do believe that, you know – that there are other things out there. And so when I, when I see these movies, it's like, Oh man, that just creeps me out. Uh, so anyway, there you go. There's my top 10. Um, stay tuned for more top 10 goodness. Um, I, uh, I've got some movies that I'd like to spend a little bit more time talking about in depth that I've recently picked up on Blu-ray, but I like to sprinkle in these top 10 lists. They're fun to do. And uh, so the next episode will probably be more of a recap on some uh, recently purchased Blu-rays from, uh, let's see here, Scream Factory and uh, a couple others, which I'll save those for the next show. So stay tuned for that. And uh, that's going to do it for the show today. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions, comments, or anything else to chime in, uh, movies I should watch, movies I should avoid, all that good stuff. And uh, – And that's going to do it. I've yapped on long enough. Hope you've enjoyed my top 10 satanic movies. And uh, go check them out. They're all good. Until next time. Thanks. Bye.